Hello, everyone. I'm Colin Tessier of WrestleZone.com, joined by Robert D. Fleece to talk about Friday Night SmackDown. Robert, how you doing? I'm doing about as all right as Paul Heyman in the middle of the strangest yet most entertaining love triangle <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. Uh, SmackDown was a good time, Colin. It, they ask me every week, am I ready for a good time? Some weeks they deliver, some weeks they don't. I think that because of the bloodline, they delivered this week. I would agree. It was definitely, uh, I can't even say a throwback show, but it feels like it's been a while since we've really had like a real fun, like bloodline driven show where uh, one for one, one reason or another, there was something to really kind of sink your teeth into throughout the show here, and as especially as it relates to the bloodline. We'll talk all about it. Before we do, just want to remind you all that this show, like everything we do here at WrestleZone, is available on all of our streaming platforms, whether it's SoundCloud, Spotify, uh, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, whatever it may be. We've got you covered. Sleeve so like and subscribe. So with what, that in mind, Robert, I don't know whether to begin the, uh, start at the beginning or, or start at the end and work backwards. I guess we'll do the former. We're going to start at the beginning because, or at least as relates to the Roman Reigns stuff, where, uh, yes, that, that love triangle you mentioned, Paul Heyman was backstage after the Usos lost a, a championship contender match. We'll talk about that as well. Uh, but uh, he, was, he was going to get the Usos to bring them to Roman Reigns, and he got a rather interesting phone call. The, the ringtone was none other than Brock Lesnar's theme music, and obviously that would seem to imply that Brock Lesnar called Paul Heyman. Uh, a little little, <laughs> little on the nose there, but I, th I thought it was fun. I guess it was kind of funny. Um, and he answered the phone saying, quote-unquote, I'll give him the message, supposedly uh, giving Roman Reigns a message. And then later in the show, he said Roman Reigns, like, to Roman Reigns, we have a Brock Lesnar problem. And Roman Reigns said, no, you have the Brock Lesnar problem. I'm going to smash him, too, uh, when the time comes. And it's like, well, he's going to be here next week. So Brock Lesnar will be at the Madison Square Garden show uh, next Friday. That's the Super SmackDown. And the part of the intrigue here as well, beyond that, is that Roman was like, uh, well, Paul had said something like, oh, he, he's probably watching the show, the show in Saskatchewan. And Roman was like, how do you know he's in Saskatchewan? And they're, they're just going back and forth like that, kind of threading the, the the mystery there of like how just how much does Paul Heyman know about Brock Lesnar's whereabouts and his, his state of mind right now? Because he had claimed this was the first time that Lesnar had called him in a year. But if that were the case, how would Les, uh, Heyman know that Lesnar indeed was in Saskatchewan? So, Robert, what do you think about, uh, the, as you said, this love triangle? And uh, I guess looking forward to next week when we know that Brock Lesnar will be in attendance. First of all, I think it's wildly presumptuous to think that why wouldn't Paul Heyman assume that the man is in his home in Saskatchewan <laughs> I think that's a very safe assumption second of all look I appreciate Paul Heyman giving Brock Lesnar a customized ringtone I am one of those I need to know who's calling me before I even look at the phone so I appreciate that I think that this is so much fun Paul Heyman clearly loves Brock Lesnar. I said on a previous show, I want to find anything in this world that loves me the way Paul Heyman loves Brock Lesnar. You know, Paul Heyman also knows he's got a good thing going with Roman Reigns. It's going to come down to, do I stick with my, you know, beloved, or do I just <laughs> go with the money? I think at the end of the day, Paul Heyman will go with the money. But I, I like this. I like that Lesnar's in town for... The Garden expected it. I don't like that we haven't seen Cena formally announced 
because he will be there, but he'll probably just do it dark. Yeah. And yeah, I think this was a great segment made all the more better by Kayla Braxton being just the nosiest human being and Biggie Langston laughing at Paul Heyman's misfortune. Because at this point, it's like, all right, you're getting interviewed about a love affair. Well, you know, they call you. And then, of course, you try to get away. And it's like her best friend is just sitting there laughing at you because, oh, isn't this great that you're caught red-handed? And also, I can destroy you at any time because I have this Money in the Bank briefcase. Good, good stuff all around. I really enjoy the... No, no, we don't have a Brock Lesnar problem. You do because you know it's going to happen when I get to him. Yeah, this was this was good stuff all around. Um, Roman Reigns still doing great stuff. Like all the little things, you know, this the, the delivery there of saying that you have a Brock Lesnar problem, and this the, that arrogance of saying, "Well, I'll smash him too when when he comes around." Um, setting up, you know, it's going to be pretty darn fun uh, to begin with next week when when Lesnar does arrive, and then. Looking beyond that, whenever they, they do face off in a match, like, um, do I expect Lesnar to win? No, but I mean, uh, definitely more than anybody, I think he'll, he'll push Reigns to the limit. And there's just such a great story there. And what you mentioned, makes you think that Brock Lesnar would come back just to put somebody over? I know, I know, Robert. That's the thing. Like, this isn't even this isn't necessarily Goldberg we're talking about. Like Lesnar, probably even more so. I I, I would say. Uh, I could definitely see getting a title run. We, we know the detail, or we have reports about it, is his new contract, 8 to 12 matches or so. Uh, that's not even including TV appearances. So it is all too easy to see, okay, you know, they could give him kind of the same, or if, it maybe even a, a more uh, regular title reign than we last saw of him. So whether that's on for our SmackDown, because like, I could easily see, you know, maybe some shenanigans happening. He loses to Roman Reigns, but goes over to Raw and finally does the Bobby Lashley match. I think that's that's probably in the cards. You know, got him. That I would probably do that match, especially now that Brock is a defined babyface. I'll, I'll admit I don't like Brock without Paul. Yeah, I, I think the Paul Heyman element add something different to Brock Lesnar because we've seen Brock Lesnar's not always the greatest talker, but I do think that that Paul Heyman, uh, that Brock Lesnar, Bobby Lashley match is one that you have to do. You have to do it because we've waited. I'll be nice and just say the four years that since Lashley's returned, if not every day since Brock Lesnar's returned in 2012, you know, but what I would do is hype it up next week. I think we're dragging this one out to Saudi. Yeah. So hype it up for next week. I think Roman Reigns has another person in line for uh, Extreme Rules, which we'll get to. But I, I like it. I like Brock Lesnar being back in the fold. It feels important. In Madison oh, yeah. Square Garden, fun fact, the first place that Paul Heyman turned on Brock Lesnar. Will they bring that up next week? Will they? You know, I mean, these are the things that I would do. Paul Heyman's got a shit ton of history in the garden. He was a photographer there. He obviously, Northeast, came up, loved Math Square Garden. I'm looking forward to next week. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It will be. And I, even before that, I think this, this show was a lot of fun. Uh, and you mentioned this relationship with Heyman and Reigns here and Lesnar at the same time. And, you know, you mentioned that, yes, it feels like there will, we, have, well, we haven't even seen 
what Lesnar would look like at this point without Heyman uh, in this run that is back, because we haven't seen him since he appeared. Well, but we've seen that it involves a ponytail. Yes, and a, and a wacky beard. But I do have to ask, like, do you think there's any possibility that Heyman could kind of align with Lesnar and turn face in the process there so that Lesnar wouldn't be without him. And then he'd kind of like, and I'm not sure how you get there, like why he would turn on Roman Reigns or beyond just, I guess, loyalty. But do you think that's a, a possible path forward? If Paul Heyman were to side with Brock Lesnar, I think that would be the end of Paul Heyman's on-screen character. Cause I'm pretty sure Roman would just stick his fist so far up Paul Heyman's <laughs> ass that you know, he just pull out everything he ever ate. I, I just, I don't see that being a wise move for the money chasing shitbag that is Paul Heyman. Of course, if they were separated by brands, I could see Paul just doing double duty if he felt like it, because they are such different roles. Right yeah. there, there's such different roles. The advocate, the mouthpiece, as opposed to like the the weaselly like. Yes, sir, I'll go get your coffee, and then I'll go mouth off to that person. You know, like, I think you can do both, but when forced to choose, I think he's going to go with the younger, the faster, the more proven commodity at this stage in the game that is Roman Reigns. Because Brock Lesnar, last time we saw him, lost in five minutes in front of nobody. Yeah. So maybe, maybe that's what they play. And then maybe they say, look, Roman Reigns took care of Drew McIntyre fresh off of about with leukemia. If you can't take Drew McIntyre, then you ain't the beast. It's true. You know, I think they could they could easily tie that in. Uh, overall, there's a lot of there's just a lot they could do here. And I, I think it's just rich with a lot of possibilities. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to see what they do. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, yet again, I, I feel like I say this practically every week for SmackDown, but it feels like they have several options. Each of them are very compelling and it feels like a win-win no matter what. I do feel like I'd probably agree that seeing Heyman, you know, betray Reigns in a line of Lesnar uh, may not be the best option they could go, you know, moving forward, but I think there's, there's still a story they could tell. And I like the idea of Heyman pulling double duty, but you mentioned like that it is kind of like this relationship and I could see Roman Reigns being like a, obsessive girlfriend if anything and saying okay like you know you're with me or with you're with nobody all right like well, you know, I, I could see that and first of all roman would be very much in his right to do that <laughs> you know and i think roman rights calls say look who's bringing the food to the table pardon the pun because i know he's that at the table who is bringing the food here it's not the man in saskatchewan on the farm with the cows and the sheep and the pigs it's me. I'm here every week. I bring the food. I really, like, I know I have fantasy booked this in my own head, but I'm really hoping that the the crux of this whole thing is I didn't think you were going to beat John Cena. He was my plan B, but you did, and I'm with you all the way. Like, that, to me, makes so much sense, because then why else does Brock Lesnar show up? You know, right. and then if he shows up, why doesn't he just show up and beat up Bobby Lashley or beat up Goldberg's kid? Or, you know, like he could just be on Raw. So why else would he show up for Paul Heyman unless Paul Heyman gave him a call and said, hey, I need you? Yeah, 
I, I like that option. And then, you know, to me that even with that uh, rationale, you could have, you know, one path forward being that that motive comes light of Heyman saying, okay, I brought in Lesnar because I didn't think you would be John Cena. And then Reigns could kind of turn on Heyman and then somehow you get Lesnar and Heyman anyway without having Heyman be the one to, to initiate the split. I hope you mentioned uh, Lesnar being on the farm and like the head of the, the head of the table putting the food on the table. Someone's got him like have a line about Lesnar being on a farm and literally <laughs> being able to put food on the table. Like somebody needs to say the that. Farm to table, like yeah. Like, there, there's some good food references here. There's also a very good reference to be said about the tribal chief skinning the beast and wearing his pelt, you know, as a trophy. I. There, there's some good stuff to be done here with this dynamic because we might have seen Paul Heyman, Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns to death, but we've never seen it in this combination where yeah. it's Heyman's with Reigns and he's not even a mouthpiece. He's just sort of there to solidify the fact that Roman Reigns is a bad guy. And Brock Lesnar, who's not even necessarily a good guy, just, no, 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 you have that. I want that. And also, I might be coming for him, too, because I don't want to carry that. He carries that for me. Like, there again, if you let the imagination roam, there's so much you can do here. Exactly. So I just it's a lot of fun. And you know, sitting here today, it's really hard to tell which path we'll take. But again, I feel like most of them, if not all of the options they've got, feel pretty promising, so I'm very much looking forward. I feel like we're going to get more color about it um, next week when Lesnar does arrive. More color? Pal, are we on a WWE investor call? Are we going to get more color on this topic? Please tell me, how many linear eyeballs is this bringing into the product? Hey, Brock Lesnar will attract a lot of linear eyeballs. That's, Linea- he does. That's right. He does attract the linear eyeballs. I like it. Let's see where they go. You know, we're... 40 minutes into the show, we haven't even talked about the main event here. This is literally the Bloodline show, because we got to talk about Roman Reigns defeating Finn Balor in the main event, retaining the Universal title. Um, and to me, you know, they, they're they running in this problem a little bit, especially, I guess, the longer this reign goes on. I guess he officially hit over a year now. Though. I guess that was probably, what, a couple weeks ago. And now, um, just, you know, how dominant he's been, you know, nowadays he's winning... Um, granted, he still usually has some outside assistance, but he beat John Cena clean. That's a big deal. So now every title match he has, it feels like, uh, unless it's The Rock or uh, Brock Lesnar in this case, like everybody else has no chance in hell of beating Roman Reigns here. We, we had Finn Balor get the title match that John Cena stole from him, and I was very excited about it. And then at the same time, you know, there, you, you, it was hard to kind of suspend any disbelief because you felt like there was no way that Balor would win, especially when the Usos attacked him on his way to the ring, setting up, okay, yeah, they can easily excuse the loss here. Uh, and then in a blink and you'll miss it moment, they kind of teased the demon coming back. And honestly, I didn't even notice when it happened because like the lights flickered and I, I didn't understand like why it was a big deal. And I, I went on Twitter, I was like, all right, I guess that's something. Uh, and maybe you had your that- sound on? When you were watching? Uh, I did. Like, so I, just, I, I think, honestly, I, I probably turned on Rampage because I, I had to cover that. And I think like I, I caught the sound of the end of the TNT. Um, I had the two windows open. So I, I just didn't hear it. The heartbeat, I guess, on the, on the sound. Um, one Reigns is walking to the back to tease the demon coming back. So you mentioned a little earlier that 
Uh, they'll probably delay having uh, Leatherface Reigns here. So for Extreme Rules, you've got to imagine Finn Balor will have um, a rightful case to a rematch here, given the interference. And could it possibly be that we see the Demon face Reigns? Yeah, I would say so. So my issue with that is the demon will lose. Like like we keep saying, the issue here is Roman Reigns has hit that plateau of he's on another level. Nobody can touch him. And I'm beginning to think more and more he should probably lose that belt before he gets to the rock because it's not fair to the main roster guys that you're literally saying at this point, at this point, Colin, the rock is 10 years removed from the seven year comeback <laughs> when it was ridiculous at that point that he right. had to come back to man event mania. If you're saying that the rock 10 years removed from the first part time comeback is the only person who can take Roman Reigns, you're sending the message subliminally, but also while hitting people over the head with a 10-ton brick, that the roster isn't worth it. I don't think that's the way to go. Look, I understand they are a different company now. They are a content creation conglomerate. I understand that. They're not a wrestling company. Whatever. It still sends the wrong message. You can't say... Like, NBC doesn't sit there and go, you know, we're not going to create any new properties this year, guys. We're going to rerun 89 science. Like, they, they don't do that. Nobody does that. So why is it this accepted thing from WWE that they just bring back all these old faces? And, like, I'm not even a rock hater or a part-time hater. I just... I don't think that that's where your belt belongs. And I would also make the argument, I saw a comment somewhere here that said uh, Finn Balor should win the belt because, yeah, there it is on the screen. Finn Balor should win the belt because uh, Roman and Brock don't need the title. I disagree with that. I think the title needs Roman and Brock. This booking philosophy that, all right, we're going to go do what we really care about, but the, uh, the WWE title match can headline you know, stomping grounds. Like, no, no, the title should always be the focal point of the show. Right. And I think more and more you're doing damage when you show, oh, but Rock means more, but Hunter means more, but Taker means more. It's like, no, the belt is everything. The belt is why everybody gets in the industry to begin with. We don't get in the industry to like, okay, I want to be bigger than the belt. No, you want the belt. Because the belt's what makes you big. Right. I mean, that, that is, you know, wrestling fundamentals right there. So, I mean, I think there's, a, we're talking about all these possible paths forward. I think, you know, you we have comments about Paul Heyman possibly turning on Roman Reigns or, or something like that. And there, there are ways you can get the title off of Reigns without, you know, making him look bad. And then I think, I guess I would agree that Brock and Roman needs the belt. Rock and Roman does not. I think there's something there. So maybe somehow Roman could get past Brock and then lose the title to a biggie or or something uh, a little down the road here. And then beyond that, you see uh, Roman and Rock potentially at WrestleMania. Um, you know, I, but yeah, I, I think the possibility is there that you could have 
uh, in the short term here for extreme rules. Maybe fi uh, Finn Balor brings back the demon, faces Roman Reigns, and still loses, which isn't great because the, the part of the whole appeal of the demon here is that he's unbeatable. Um, but I guess you know that would be another notch in Roman Reigns' belt here. So, uh, and we could see kind of a, a combination of these scenarios. I just hard here saying likely next week, uh, Roman and Brock could have a stare down while Demon King Balor will appear on screen and challenge Reigns for Extreme Rules. So I, I could see that. They, they, at the end of the day, they have a lot of moving parts here. You've got Balor, you've got Reigns, you've got uh, Lesnar, I should say. You've got Biggie in the background, and they mentioned last night Edge still wants the title. You got Seth Rollins still trying to like work his way back up to the title. Uh, just a lot about like you know again uh, contenders and moving parts, and that's it's a fun situation. I do love when the focal point of a wrestling program is the championship. I, I do always enjoy that. I think Demon Balor needs to take out those Usos because that's really what happened here. Is Jimmy and Jay jumped him in the entrance? And by the way, there's no law and order in WWE. It's just like, okay, cool, they did that. We're not going to get any officials out, any security out. Like, we're not, there, there's no fines. There, there's no order, you yeah. know? So hopefully Balor takes care of them, helps them lose the titles to the Street Profits. I have my own thoughts about where they should go with that. But I want to see Demon Balor win. Like, I want to see somebody beat Roman Reigns because I really think we need to start adopting attitude era title booking because as great as the 434 day reigns are, I don't see any issue in playing hot potato with talent that are hot and that are over. And then the belt doesn't cool off. If you can say, okay, Roman Reigns lost it to Brock Lesnar, but that's okay. Cause he's Brock Lesnar and he can just hot potato it back, it doesn't derail any momentum. And I think while, yes, in our storytelling minds, it's one thing to go, yeah, but it means more if Roman Reigns is champion for 500 days and then Big E cashes in and beats him. Yes, it does. But at the end of the day, if the roster is hot enough and the moment is hot enough, nobody cares. Because Mick Foley was as hot and as over as anything else. And he only had that championship over the three times for a combined like two weeks. So it's, it's all good. Like when you're over, you're over. Yeah. And maybe for that reason here, Eddie Zahari, Eddie Zahari is saying Demon Balor is undefeated on the main roster. So, you know, maybe he is hot enough to beat Roman Reigns, uh, potentially, let's say, if, the, if that is what they do for Extreme Rules. But I, I could see, you know, I'm kind of hot shot in the belt there with Brock Lesnar winning because that'd be a hot moment. You could do, um, any number of things. I, I think there's something to be said for that, especially in a world where you have, you know, on both Raw and SmackDown, these long, uh, dominant, lengthy reigns. Like, why not shake it up and, and do some of these more um, impromptu or, or more frequent title changes to kind of shake it up like that? Uh, as you said, Robert, if, if the roster, if the wrestlers are uh, exciting enough, if, if, it, if the moment's good enough, if it makes sense, why not? So I, I think that's definitely something... Uh, and at least that we as fans can, can, can consider rather than just rolling forward with these year year plus reigns here. You know, it's it's good to go kind of back and forth of having some dominant reigns, some some not so lengthy reigns like that. You know, I, it might be time for a change. Like because, that. like, look, and I'm probably going to get flack for what I say here, 
like even Kofi held the damn thing for like eight or nine months. You know what I mean? Like, and then all that does is wear people down on Kofi because they don't do anything interesting. They just had him run back the same like three matches right. for the entire run. So if you intersplice hot runs, long runs, you know, you can really tell fun stories here. Yeah. And I, again, I think they definitely have the ability to do that with Roman Reigns, with all of these moving parts that surround him. So very much looking forward to see what happens there. Uh, literally almost 25 minutes in, we've only been talking about Roman Reigns, we should probably talk about that, some other stuff. That, that's all good, because I'll tell you why right now. This show was carried by the bloodline. Correct. Because I saw a comment here, pull it up, that asked us, how would we rate the women's match? And I would love to tell you, Michael Kent, how I would rate the women's match. If there was one, there wasn't one. What we did get was quite a few segments with women. Let's go uh, shortest to longest here first. Sonya Deville snubs Naomi again. What are your thoughts? Burying Naomi without even doing anything necessarily like on paper bad, but it's just making her look like a nobody. It's so clear that Naomi is going to join that bloodline. We got a comment about that as well with uh, Roxana Charlie asking about it, saying that she should, wondering if she'll join the bloodline, uh, especially after what we did see last night. I mean, yeah, obviously that feels like the best path forward to have her uh, claim her spot on the island of relevancy, as Rowan Reigns would say. I think that definitely makes a lot of sense. The, the shit is they're going to have her join the group do like one or two heelish things. It's like Jey Uso, where it was like they had him join the group. He was hot for a minute. He won the Yokozuna Memorial Battle Royal. I didn't forget what I was calling that thing. And <laughs> and then he, what has he done? Like, yeah, he's champion now. But what were they doing prior to that? So I see that being another one of those things where they're gonna go. Well, she's in the bloodline. Isn't that good enough? And like, yeah, I guess because you're getting lazy again. Oh, we'll take what we can get. But Naomi absolutely needs to be in the bloodline. Now, moving past that, uh, Carmella is having like an Instagram live filter party. And Liv Morgan's just in the background and goes, really? <laughs> I mean, okay, what are, you, what are your thoughts here, Collins? Dumb, Robert. It's dumb. I don't I, like it. Like, it's not good. It's not. I, I was on the Fightful post-show last night, and I said, look, I get what they're doing. They're doing Pretty Girl versus Outcast E-Girl. It's like a, a fight of social media personalities. It's the filtered pretty girl who you know wants to go to wine tastings and show off her tattooed boyfriend against the girl who's just like, I don't know, I'm kind of broken. But uh, Kate Hensler, who I was hosting the show with, goes, that's all well and good, except... Liv Morgan is gorgeous, and right. there's right. no reason for her to be, like, downtrodden and do why she can't be Carmella because she is gorgeous. But I do think that's the story they're going to tell. And sure, if it gets Liv on TV because Liv deserves to be on television because she's worked her ass off. Because remember when they did, like, a whole documentary yeah, about do. how she's worked her ass <laughs> off. And it was like, oh, now you have gotten people to be invested in her only for you to not do anything with her. Fantastic. Then you move on to, hey, Tony Storm's back. Cool. 
somehow even more dumb than hey, the Carmella yeah. of Morgan thing. She was backstage, and Dolph Ziggler, of all people, was like, hey, you should watch my match. And she was like, oh, I'm rooting for Rick Boogs. And Rick Boogs won. So are we going to see some, like, we talked about, you know, for 20 minutes, the, the love triangle between Heyman, Reigns, and Lesnar. Are we going to see a, a, lo- a love triangle with Rick Boogs and Ziggler and Storm here? See, I knew Tony Storm was in trouble when they go on to TV and they go, hey, that's Tony Storm. She likes the 80s. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So the, the fun here, Collins, is that Tony Storm likes the 80s. Dolph Ziggler thinks he is David Lee Roth. <laughs> and Rick Boogs is the guy at the karaoke bar who's air guitaring like his life depends on it while singing Living on a Prayer. That's that's what we're doing here. That's the fun. And, like, I'll give you this. If they had a merged roster with a lot of other stuff that I cared about, and this was just another way to make sure that everybody on the roster has an angle... I'm all good with that. Look, I long gave up my hopes and dreams that Dolph Ziegler would be a, a five-star world heavyweight champion. I get it, but I this isn't it, man. And somewhere, by the way, Shinsuke Nakamura, one of the greatest wrestlers on God's green earth, is holding one of the most prestigious championships in the history of wrestling and is doing fuck all with it and it's like why Uh, this is why tony khan got so royally offended on a media call when somebody referred to the tnt championship as a mid-card title because what are they doing with the intercontinental title and shinsuke nakamura they're i i could go on here colin but i'm gonna gonna let myself breathe because we did have one woman's segment worth a damn and that's becky lynch comes out to a raucous ovation because you're not going to get a heel reaction out of becky until people get tired of seeing the woman that they haven't seen for two years and you know she says look just because i've been gone doesn't mean i forgot how to play the game by the way becky lynch phenomenal shape Yes. Looks better than she did before she left to go have a child. Which is crazy. <laughs> and yeah. it's kudos to her. Bianca comes out. She's skipping again. I, I love Bianca Belair. There were calls for me to wear Bianca Belair's <laughs> ring gear on an actual show. I love Bianca Belair. I think she's stunning. I think everything she does is phenomenal. I think she's one of the best to do it. I don't want to see her go, hey, I was embarrassed by you, but I'm going to show you why I'm the strong ass, the tough ass. Look, but you were also the dumb ass at SummerSlam, and I want you to be the mad ass and go kick Becky Lynch's ass. Go whip your hair in that chick's ribs. I took Sasha out for like six months. Go, like, go attack this woman. Why are you playing around? Go beat the shit out of her. Like, that's all. I, I want to see some aggression, Colin. I want to see, like... Look, smiling baby faces are great, but everybody always goes back to Stone Cold Steve Austin, and he wasn't smiling until he could no longer uh, be physically cleared to kick ass. 
So I want to see some aggression from Bianca Belair. What did you think about this? Bianca should be furious. She got screwed over at SummerSlam. The title got stole from her. Becky Lynch literally acknowledged, you know, some of the, the real world things here where she said the higher ups called her. They called for the man. And when they needed somebody of her stature at SummerSlam and that kind of indirectly or directly suggested that, you know, the, the higher ups viewed her uh, as superior or or better or more valuable than Bianca Blair at this stage. So she has every right to be absolutely furious. She shouldn't be out there skipping and smiling and saying, oh, I, I just want to face you and improve myself. What? No, she should be mad. Like so that would be a, a great chance for character growth. And that, that's something that, especially with somebody like, you know, a, a fun baby face like Bianca Blair that you don't see often enough, where it's like, there are things that happen that, you know, catalyze growth, where it's like, okay, we go from, fun baby face but then you face an obstacle like this a setback a trial and then it's like how do you deal with that you don't keep skipping you get mad you know like that that yeah that's just logical like nobody would, would handle that situation with a smile on their face and to keep going going out there the next week and the next week as if nothing had, you know without any hint that they were truly upset in any in any capacity like it's ridiculous it is ridiculous i i think we're feeling the effects of like 2010 Cena where it's like that at one point Cena stopped getting mad and just started trolling and just like, I don't care. Cause I'm just so gosh darn happy to be here in Topeka, Kansas. And it's like, no, I, I, I want to see Bianca Belair kick some ass because she can. And by the way, it's not great that your storytelling process here is let's have Becky Lynch just go on TV and go, you needed me, so I graciously came back from maternity leave because you needed an actual star because Sasha Banks went down. That perpetuates the idea that nobody else matters outside of the four horsewomen. And while I think that is an unarguable point right now, it still pisses people off because you have... Liv Morgan, you have Naomi, you have Zelina Vega who signed a contract and hasn't won a damn match, which is which is infuriating in its own right. Yeah, uh, I'll admit you didn't have Carmella. It was good that they did not do Carmella because they'd done Carmella every month since December. You know, it's I I think you got something here. Both girls phenomenal on the mic. I'm not saying I didn't enjoy their interaction i just didn't need to see it because i want to see aggression from bianca by the way next week they're slated to sign a contract for extreme rules i have to believe that that's when we finally get the notification all of our alarms will simultaneously go off and that is when it will be boss time in madison square garden again because they ain't doing becky and bianca in a singles at Extreme Rules. You, you're saying they probably save that for a bigger pay-per-view? I think that they save that for a Rumble. Okay. Uh, Bianca and Becky, they've won the Rumble. They don't need to be in it. Yeah. I think that's a hell of a match to do on the road to WrestleMania. By the way, where we're it's, it's September. I think it's early enough, but I could be wrong. Bailey should win that Royal Rumble. 
Uh, if she's cleared to go, Bailey absolutely needs to win that Royal Rumble. Even if she doesn't, Bailey needs to be in that match at WrestleMania. She should just show up and be there because she carried the damn company through a pandemic. She did. Uh, you know, I would save it for then. I think triple threat with Banks, Belair, and Becky. And then you get the draft, right? And then it's like, oh, cool. Rhea Ripley's here now. Let's run Ripley and Becky or, you know, do that for a few months. Or even if Bianca pins Banks at the pay-per-view, run Bianca and Ripley. And then you save still Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair for Royal Rumble. Or even if you want to, that's a WrestleMania match. The two yeah. women who have already main evented WrestleMania can fight at WrestleMania. That'd I think that's great. a good idea, you know, but I don't see it happening at Extreme Rules. If it does, it just means, all right, they're going to rush this and move right past Bianca. Yeah, which I unfortunately I could see based on how they've been handling it so far. Like to me, if they had shown that, you know, Bianca had grown somewhat from as a character from this, where it's like if she was a little more serious, a little more uh, aggressive now, I could see them uh, drawing it out. Whereas the fact that they haven't done that seems to me that, you know, it, it wouldn't be too, too crazy based on what we've seen that they would just rush past it, even though that's not what they should do. And I hope they don't do that. But I mean, yes, we did not have a, a woman's match uh, on the show. And that is ridiculous, though we do have some... Uh, as we were talking about the, the contract signing next week, Robert, you mentioned that uh, Sasha Banks could come back. I think that's possible. Michael Kent saying Naomi could come out, pull a John Cena, steal uh, a here's, title here's shot. Here's why that doesn't work. She ain't John Cena. <laughs> she can't do... Because uh, at this point, it's just... Naomi is just going to sign a contract, which she ain't John Cena, and I could see them easily going, no, 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 you can't do that. That's not legally binding. Would be <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> But I could see them doing that because you ain't John Cena. Eddie Zahari here says they are doing a Queen of the Ring tournament. Yes, they filed a trademark for the Queen's Crown tournament. By the way, God, they, we just want it named King of the Ring, uh, Queen of the Ring. That's fine. Queen's Crown, do your own thing. Charlotte Flair needs to be the final boss. Like it should literally be there is a tournament and then there is a match with Charlotte Flair. And I I don't want to see that end in Saudi Arabia. I hope that factoid is untrue because I don't need the queen to be crowned while wearing an oversized shirt. Um, but I'd say that I like this. You know who should win? Liv Morgan. Liv yes. Morgan needs to do something. They'll probably give it to Carmella because Carmella can be, uh, you know, quite a, a fun queen of the ring, I think. But should go to Liv Morgan. They really um, should give us give it to somebody that they haven't really been featuring. I think Liv Morgan's a great choice. Um, as like an underdog, you, you could do Naomi, uh, but she's been a champion before, so I think well, Liv Morgan would make a lot of sense. So here's the thing: if Naomi gets it, that's the heel turn. Okay. I'm royal. I'm royalty now. I I have this uh, royal bloodline. Uh, there, there's ways to do that with Naomi, but it has to be a heel. The only person who's not a heel that I will accept is Liv Morgan because she needs something. Give the woman something. You know, that's that's where I'm going with that. I'm sure there'll be a King of the Ring as well. Might as well be because Nakamura ain't doing shit with the crown either. You know, but you know, let's talk about Kings of the Ring. 
Colin. Let's talk about the high roller, the Rolex wearing, the, all the suits. He's got everything right down to the fedora. Happy Corbin is here once more, and the man is having a good time in life. He's got A5 Japanese Wagyu beef. I mean, that is the most expensive beef in the world. I want some A5 Japanese Wagyu. I've never had it in my life because, you know, but just can't afford these things. <laughs> it, it's, I want to see where they're going with that. What they did with him this week is he's on the KO show. He, go, he brings out his guest, Logan Paul. Logan Paul back in the fold, WWE. Uh, Logan Paul tries to give Kevin Owens $100 because he says it looks like you need it. I, I enjoyed this. Surprisingly, I think Logan Paul is fine if you're going to lean into the fact that, yo, people don't like you. And if you're going to lean into that, it's all good with me. I mean, this segment kind of, like, I felt a little like uh, the same with this one as the before Bianca came out, the Becky Lynch promo, where, like, it wasn't, like, go away heat because like I, I like becky lynch and i like what she's doing but some of the her again we talked about a little last week not really liking the exact way they're going about this heel character where she said she's big time bex or something like that uh and like kind of similarly like i really liked the happy corbin segment last week when he was out there with biggie and that's when we first saw happy corbin come out and you know, they, like, it was great i liked it a lot this time you bring out logan paul and it makes a lot of sense where, like, you'd pair Happy Corbin with him. You know, you're really trying to establish Happy Corbin still has his heelish character, even though he was getting you deserve a chance last week because people have really, like, just fully gotten into the storyline. And then the second Logan Paul came out, the crowd let him have it. And they were just very, very clear, like, we do not like you, like, go away. And I kind of felt that for me as a viewer. I was like, I don't know about this. Like, and I don't, I don't even like, personally dislike Logan Paul. I'm more mean just like from what we've seen from him in WWE. It's like he was there for Owens and Zayn, didn't really like it. He was there for Moist TV. I was like, all right. like Everything he's been involved with, at least like what he's done, I haven't really been a big fan of it. But there are things you could do moving forward here to kind of salvage it based on what we've seen so far. I mean, there's a comment from Michael Kent saying they could do Logan and Corbin versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Crazy things have happened. That'd be kind of a, a long-term booking kind of thing based on what we saw Zayn and Logan Paul kind of cross paths around WrestleMania time. Um, but I don't know. Like I thought this was fun in the sense that it, it gave Happy Corbin something to do. It feels like they're still rolling with this uh, Corbin Owens feud, which has actually been kind of a nicely, as I say, pretty much every week here on SmackDown, a, a branching storyline where it went from Owens trying to help Corbin to now Corbin doesn't need help. So he's kind of really not in Owens face. Like I like that aspect, but I don't know, like something about this with Logan Paul, I was just like, mm, didn't quite hit it for me where it's just like, uh, and I, like I said, I can see exactly why they would do it. It's like people, you know, the crowd, as you could tell, clearly doesn't like the guy. So go for that heel heat, you know, utilize it. Sure. But for me, it's just like, didn't quite hit the mark Just something. Mm, I don't know. Um, but I still really, I really do like this Happy Corbin character. I like that it's given Kevin Owens something to do without having to see him yet again lose to Roman Reigns. I mean, that he deserves to have a, a prominent spot on the show, so I like that. Um, but kind of like what I was just saying about Logan Paul, Eddie Zahari saying, "Could we see him wrestle in WWE?" I mean, crazy things have happened. 
uh Shaq had a match in AEW, so like you can never really know. Like Logan who... Paul is legitimately like say what you want about whatever they're doing, but they are competing in legitimate boxing matches. So yeah, they can do it. I can see it happening. I can see it being successful. I wanted Logan and Jake versus Sammy and Kevin at SummerSlam. We didn't get that. I thought that would have been a great time to just have these two douchebags. Um, I mean, that would have been a good idea because it was Las Vegas. You know, there was supposed to be, it is the biggest party of the summer. Like, that definitely would have made more sense. And now that we're, now that's in the, the rearview mirror, I don't know the next best time to do that. Unless, you know, in theory, it would probably be like a, a super smackdown in Madison Garden. And they're obviously not going to do that next week. So I feel like unless they do that, like, I don't know, next year, like, I, I don't really see that being in, in the cards. I mean, I think it'd be fun. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think at this point, at least the probably, uh, even though I said it didn't really work for me uh, on paper, the, the best usage for a Logan Paul or if they want to bring in Jake Paul uh, would be this non-wrestling role where it's like they can just get that heat of, of signing out there and having people boo uh the daylights at them for like better word I, I think that probably makes the most sense so you know i, I thought it was fun uh, i'm still enjoying what happy corbin's doing i, I think they've they've you know approached it very well and i'm looking forward to see where it goes lastly here we had two rematches one of which we have not seen a lot of one of which we have uh we saw the street profits beat the usos in a championship contender match via disqualification but that probably means that the street profits will get a tag title match sooner and later maybe the extreme rules because uh later in the show the street profits yet again saved finn balor from the usos so you have to feel like they might be um trying to draw that out and then with extreme rules not all too far away i could see that and i'm happy with that because i've i've wanted to see these teams actually feud not sure that this qualification was exactly what i want to see last night but again if it comes uh with the outcome of drawing out and getting a pay-per-view match i'm not too not too upset with that what do you think about this and you've probably mentioned a minute ago that you have like something in mind for this so where do you want to see this go well i want to see go to a ladder match because I just think that they will have a lot of fun with that. And I think that that's where it should go. I, I see I see a thing happening where Naomi will eventually join the Usos, and they'll eventually run six-person tags to the ground. But I think even that, for the first couple of weeks, will be a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, I, I just I see this being a good time. And yeah, I, I want to see more of it. Yeah, and something that I, one thing I'm happy to see more of will be Edge versus Seth Rollins. We know that that will be happening next week in Madison Square Garden, a SummerSlam rematch that was set up when Rollins faced Cesaro yet again. I think this must have been like probably the fifth time they've had a singles match this year, rough something like that. You know, they feuded uh, leading into WrestleMania. They faced off at Hell on a Cell, and then I looked it up last night, and Rollins beat Cesaro. I think on the July 9th episode of SmackDown. So uh, they had one more match here last night, and Rollins had said that you know he learned what what needed to do. You know, in terms of, the, of Edge beating in WrestleMania, he's like I've been studying or not WrestleMania, SummerSlam, and he said that it's like a new day, and and I've it's I've changed and. All that really meant was that he's embracing his identity as Edge Light. He hit the Edge-O-Matic and then inverted the DDT, uh, very clearly paying tribute to Edge, or at least borrowing from Edge in his match with Cesaro. And then he got a chair, beat the Daylights out of Cesaro. Uh, he stomped him. He was going to do 
a concerto. He's really just beating the tar out of him. And they did it so much that you thought that Edge wasn't even there. No, no. Edge was there, but he let Cesaro get beat the crap out of him for a couple minutes. And it's, it looked like they were writing Cesaro off a of TV. So my question was, why in the world wouldn't Edge come out sooner? Like, you're seeing this happen. Edge, or Rollins literally hit Cesaro with a chair to end the match. Why wouldn't Edge come out then and there? And on, again, on like in storyline, like why would you wait? But at the end of the day, Edge did come out to prevent any further damage, at least. And then they set up the fact that they will be facing off next week in Madison Square Garden. And I have to imagine, like maybe Rollins will get his win back. Uh, you know, maybe Edge will be going yeah. away for a little bit again, and then that way you kind of have Rollins get some momentum there. Um, but what do you think about this? This supposed new day for Seth Rollins, and, and would you agree that he might be winning next week? I would think that he does win next week to bring it to 1-1. One, one. And then they should have an Extreme Rules match, Extreme Rules, because it's Extreme Rules. And I like I like this. I like the match they had at SummerSlam. I'm, I'm a big believer that they definitely uh, deserve more. And Edge deserves a match at the Garden. So I'm, I'm all good with all of this. And... Yeah, I guess we'll see where it goes. Yeah, I think it'll be good. You know, other than Brock Lesnar showing up next week, and on top of the women's contract signing next week, this feels like at least on the SmackDown side, the 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 marquee thing. Although, obviously, I think Lesnar being is the big thing, but match wise, this will be the the biggest match I would I would think for next week. And it, it will be a, a Super SmackDown. We don't know exactly how Raw will play into it. Um, you know, I'd hope that we get some announcements for that on, on Monday during Raw. Uh, and, you know, I guess you would have these kind of three big things on the SmackDown side. Maybe, you know, one or at least ideally maybe like two big things on the Raw side. I'm not sure what that would be. But, what, you know, we do know that supposedly it'll be talent from Raw and SmackDown. So, you know, hopefully it'll, it'll be definitely a special show in that sense. And I'm looking forward to it. Um, and it should be kind of, a, I guess, an anomaly, if anything, where it will just be kind of like a, a pay-per-view like show where it's like you've got Lesnar, you've got uh, Edge and Rollins, and then as I said, who even knows on the Raw side. But uh, to set that up, I thought this week's show was pretty darn good. Like I liked it. Uh, the Bloodline stuff, you know, I feel like I've been saying it for months, but I just continued to really enjoy it. And I think uh, this week's episode um, was the Bloodline stuff at its best. Where you've got the Paul Heyman mystery, and now Robert, you mentioned that the Love Triangle. Uh, you had a Universal Title match that, again, even though you had. Maybe for me, some difficulty uh, spending disbelief. It was a good match. You had the Usos faces the Street Profits, likely getting more of that moving forward. Um, and then, yeah, maybe some other things that didn't quite hit the mark for me. But because it was so so carried by the Bloodline stuff, I'd have to give it... I'll go for like a 7.9. Not quite an 8, but like 7.9 feels justified. What do you think, Robert? Uh, uh, look, I'll say it was a 7. because, But like all that, that whole 7 lies squarely on the shoulder of the bloodline. <laughs> yeah. And that's like that's good. That's better than raw cuz I don't know if yes. raw has anything that can carry it to a 7. And the, these days it's like I didn't hate raw and that makes it a 7 kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> you know, and I I do I want to see more done with the women. I want to yes. see more done yes. with uh with Finn Balor. I want to see more of these stories develop. And then we'll get to the part where hopefully by WrestleMania, we're having these great, great showings. Yeah. You know, I, 
I think that, you know, on the whole this week, definitely a lot of good stuff, but there's definitely still room for improvement where you talk about the lack of a woman's match. And even beyond that, some of the, the women's segments we saw weren't too, too great. So, you know, definitely not a perfect show, but an enjoyable one nonetheless. And with that, you know, we can look forward to next to Super SmackDown, but otherwise, you know, definitely still an excited weekend to come in the world of wrestling. We'll have AEW all out tomorrow on Sunday, so we'll have coverage of that here at WrestleZone with news and likely a post-show. I haven't quite nailed that down yet, but I would assume so. And otherwise, uh, beyond then, it will be time for a new week with Raw, where John, and I, John Clark and I will be here on Monday to talk about Raw, NXT, the last gasp of the black and gold era on Tuesday. We'll be here to talk about that, and Robert you and I will be back here next Saturday to talk about the Super SmackDown down whatever does happen at madden square garden otherwise we've got a great stream of interviews coming at you guys i've got a couple ones lined up myself i'm very excited about so keep an eye out for those otherwise bill pritchard uh, recently interviewed cm punk definitely check that out he interviewed paul white uh lots of great stuff so make sure you leave a like and subscribe look at bill pritchard interviewing these former <laughs> wwe world champions good for him you know yeah, it's great stuff uh, great stuff good here stuff. I uh, add if you if you need more wrestling and want to follow me, you can do so at Dude Felice on Twitter and all the other social platforms. Check out Fightful Select. Fightful Select's been breaking a lot of news in the world of wrestling. Sean Ross Sapp does have boots on the ground in Chicago, Illinois, as as do we, quite frankly, with uh, Dominic <laughs> D'Angelo. Because right. Chicago is the place to be in the world of wrestling in 2021 for Labor Day weekend. And yeah, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy all out. CM Punk will wrestle a match. That's happening. And just enjoy wrestling. Am I right, Colin? Indeed. Enjoy wrestling. Thanks for listening. And, you know, and have just enjoy uh, all out. And again, as we continue to uh, have wrestling back as we know it. So it's a good time. And until next time, that's it. Enjoy wrestling. Thanks for listening, everybody.